0: work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Welcome to episode 55 of the How She Did That podcast. Today, I'm talking to Erica Tebbins about elevating the client experience and how that can help you increase your revenue. Differentiating yourself in the market is an absolute must, especially as you scale your biz, create your signature services, and niche down. Erica is a business growth strategist for ambitious women entrepreneurs. She's an expert in sleaze-free selling and scaling your business without the risk of burnout. She's the creator of the No Sleaze Sales Method and the Sell It Sister. I'm so excited for this conversation. So let's go ask Erica how she boosted her bottom line by creating raving fans. Hey, Erica, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me, Tasha. Absolutely. So, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So, I am a business growth strategist for female and gender expansive entrepreneurs. And so, what I like to do is really twofold. So, I'm really great at teaching people how to sell in a way that doesn't feel sleazy and gross. Mm, So, So, I do a lot of work around that. But then, I also help people figure out ways to grow their business that do not feel overly complicated, do not feel out of alignment with their own values and ethics, and also will not lead to burnout, which obviously, as you know, is so common in the the world of entrepreneurship.
0: (laughs) I love that, that's great. I love the core values in that. So we're talking specifically about elevating the client experience today. I know that we've done at the Launch Guild, have done a huge amount of work this year, especially on client experience. And I think one of the things that people forget about is that the client experience doesn't just start once they become a client, right? It starts all the way from the first time they get introduced to you. So can you talk us through a little bit about that client experience?
1: yeah so it 's interesting when I actually started uh, my consulting business, my original focus was going to be all on client experience mm-hmm. and then I realized that a lot of women were not even able to kind of take advantage of that because they were struggling to get clients through the door mm-hmm. and so I did a bit of a pivot to focus more on the sales language because you know that like gets people through the door and then You obviously have to nurture them. So I absolutely love talking about client experience and talking about getting raving fans. And I really think that a great way even before you have a discovery call with somebody is to, I know it's like kind of cliche, but truly show up as who you are Mm -hmm. because that will weed out the people who are not going to be those perfect fit clients, like right off the get go. So that is really good. So if people are really enjoying how you're showing up, you know, online, on social media, on your lives, anything like that, wherever you're showing up in your content and your visibility strategy, if people can kind of get the feeling of what it would be like to work with you, Mm -hmm. it's going to attract the right people and repel the wrong people. So that is excellent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I talk about that so much in my booked and balanced group. That's my six month group coaching uh, program. And I talk about repelling the wrong people and attracting the right people so much because you don't want to say yes to everybody, right? There are people that if you say yes to, it's not enough money in the world (laughs) for it to to matter. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're attracting the correct people in our business. So let's talk about the whole sales process in terms of what the languaging around that is so that we're making sure that we're getting those right people, number one, and that we are showing them from the get-go that we're the people that they need in their business.
1: Yeah. So I feel like selling really starts from that point of your messaging and letting people know, you know, who you are, how you're going to help them, why you are the right fit for them, how you're going to solve their problems, all of that. Just making it very clear because we all have competition nowadays and that's okay because the good thing is, is that you can, Without knocking anyone else, you can show up and you can demonstrate to people, this is who I am. This is my experience, my expertise. This is how I can bring value to you with my business. And this is why you should pick me versus you know somebody else and do it in a very positive way, not like a negative campaign, you know, negative political campaign way, not like that, but just to really demonstrate like why you rock, like what is your special sauce and how are they going to be super excited when they decide to invest in you with whatever it is that you do. And then when you are at that point of, you know, having an actual discovery call or anything like that, or maybe you do a webinar or a, a five day challenge or something to funnel people uh into your offerings is I think to be very respectful and very open to the fact that sometimes it takes it, like sometimes we don't all make an instantaneous decision, right, mm-hmm. especially if what you're offering is a higher ticket offer sometimes right. you you know, people just need to sleep on it. And so I think it's important because there's a lot of, I talk a bit about like bro marketing and bro marketing culture. And I think that what we've seen and why women tend to shy away from selling is this very high pressure sales environment that somehow that's the only way to get people to say yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that to be true. I think that, what will serve people better is to really ask good questions. So I have, I have like a free guide of my whole sales system that people can download, but to really like ask good questions, figure out what people are looking for, what they need and then be a good listener. Like Mm -hmm. list actually listen and not try to just fit people into your most expensive package or, or whatever it is, but the thing that's going to serve them the best now, because all selling really is, is serving. At the yes. end of the day, like all business and selling, it's just serving, it's solving someone's problem. So finding the best fit solution for them right now. And then if they do need some time, if they do have other questions to just be okay with that, be open to that, be ready with a, a really good follow up system. Mm-hmm but you don't always have to strong arm somebody on a call to be like, okay, give me your credit card number right now. And we're going to close the deal and whatever, because that's not a good client experience. Mm -hmm. That doesn't set you up for those, that good feeling relationship.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that you said that I had a coach uh, recently who told us about an experience where she got on a call with somebody and it was, you know, for a higher ticket, something. And they were like, Uh, And she said, you know, I need to talk to my husband about it before I move forward, which makes total sense to me because, you know, I'm I'm just like, you know, our money is our money together. And, like, even though he'd probably say yes to whatever I feel like is a good business decision, I still want to loop him in on it, you know. And they were like, well, then you're not ready for this. If you, you know, if you can't make the decision on your own, you're not ready. And she was like, okay, well, then bye. (laughs) You know, because it felt so unaligned with like what is important to her which the relationship and with her husband you know of course is the most important and being able to make that decision together yeah I just when she told us that story I was like wow I never want to to feel like I have to sell something so hard that I you know do that to somebody ever
1: (laughs) yeah and that just it feels so weird and it feels so uncomfortable and I think that like, cause like you said, you know, I'm sure there's a limit. Like if you were going to buy a $97 something, right? you're just going to buy it. But you right. know, if it's a 2,000, 5,000, $10,000 thing, like, yeah. yeah, you're probably going to need to talk that over. Yeah, um, You know, or even if you had like a business partner or something mm-hmm. like you would have to talk it over. You can't always make those split decisions. And I think it's important too, because I know that you, work so much with OBMs and VAs, Mm -hmm. a lot of times those are a custom proposal based thing where you have to actually take a step back and say, I'm going to look it over. I'm going to figure out what I think is best. Maybe give you a few options and then I'll send you the proposal and you'll have X amount of days to think about it at Mm -hmm. that, at that rate. And so I think one of those things you can do is like a really easy thing you can do to make sure that people, people like really just want to feel seen and feel heard is on that discovery call, as you can say, like, okay, so what I hear you saying is that you are struggling with XYZ. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, communication, like sometimes we maybe make an assumption or we think that they meant one thing, but they really meant another. So just letting them know, like, you heard them and you want to get clarity because you respect them. And then when you feel like you have all the information, then you can very easily say, like, okay, I think that it's gonna cost this much, or mm-hmm. I need to send you a proposal, and then just be very clear, like, I plan on following up with you. If I don't hear back, you'll hear back from me in 48 hours, or mm-hmm. whatever makes sense for your business. And honestly, I will keep people in my follow up system for a while, and this doesn't mean that I pester them every week or anything. But, you know, it might be three months from now or six months from now, because I've had people who it took months and months and months of them trying to figure out stuff on their own before their pain points got to a point where they were like, you know what, forget it. Like, (laughs) I I need to hire you. I thought (laughs) I didn't, but I need to. But if I hadn't reached back out, that's part of my good customer experience is not letting people slipped through the cracks. Like if I hadn't reached back out to them, I might not have got that business. And I think we can all think of times in our own life where we're like, wow, you know what? I wasn't ready to buy that thing then, Mm -hmm. but like if they would have followed up with me like in a month or two months, three months, I probably would have, but I never heard back from them. And. So I guess, you know, like, and it's, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I was just telling somebody the other day that like, I've had people in my pipeline who has taken seven months, you know, I've sent out a proposal and then I'll follow up like three months later and they're still not quite ready. And then like, they either magically come back to me in seven months because of what you said of like, okay, I either tried doing this myself or I tried somebody else and that didn't work out and now I'm ready. You know, it does take a while. And so them knowing that you are still invested in them and are still, you know, pursuing them, uh, everybody likes to be pursued, you know, (laughs) in a good way. Um, So, you know, letting them know that you're still thinking about them is huge. That's so helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I always try to put myself in their shoes. Like we, we are all busy and we, all are juggling life and business and all sorts of stuff. And so it's like as simple as if you ever have, I don't know, let's say a a sale or something that's going on and you're like, okay, this is great. Like I'm, you know, the sale is happening for the next four days and all right, let me get out my phone. I'm going to pull up the website. Oh, I like put some stuff in my car. Okay. I'm gonna go get my card and then something happens. You know, you're like your kid needs you or whatever, you get distracted and then you totally forget what you were doing and then you forget that you even wanted to buy those (laughs) things in the cart. (laughs) And then, you know, it's days later and you're like, oh no, I missed the sale and shoot, you know, like I'm so bummed out or, you know, the cart closed on a course or whatever the case may be. And I think it's a lot of times we think Oh well, you know, people didn't buy my course or people didn't buy my program or whatever it is when the cart was open because they didn't want it and it could honestly be that like they were ready to buy and then they just forgot or yeah. they just got distracted and then by the time they get back to it they're like, "Oh dang, if I would have had one remind, you know, if I if right. somebody would have reminded me, Hey, the cart's closing or Hey, the sale is going away. Like I would have jumped back at it. And so a lot of times I think we wrongly view follow-up as being pushy Mm -hmm. when there's a difference between being pushy and being informative. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that example because like I do that so, so much. I have adult ADD. And so it's like part of my life of like, I'm going to buy this squirrel, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then walking away from it. But what I love sometimes as much as like, sometimes I hate, you know, it's really weird for me to be looking at things on somewhere else and then like them pop up on Facebook. Sometimes that feels freaky, but other times I'm like, oh yeah, I meant to buy those dishes and now they're in my Facebook feed, you know, and it's, it's a similar thing that you're saying. It's just like, Facebook or, you know, or whatever advertising, JCPenney or whatever it is, reminding me like, hey, there were dishes that you were looking at. Do you still want to buy those? You know, yes. so very similar on a smaller scale in our own businesses of just being like, hey, there was this thing that you were interested in. Are you still interested? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think that we, even though it's so cool that we have all this technology and we can automate so, so much, and there are, Absolutely, ways to automate things like creating like a follow up system for people, obviously with emails and and all of that. I do think it's the kind of thing, especially while you're still growing a business and you have a bit more bandwidth to be making those personal outreach connections. Mm-hmm. Is to just like send a quick you know personal email, or if you connected to the person, let's say on Instagram, and you were chatting in your DMs and stuff, like just send them a quick message there. I think that just because so much can be automated doesn't mean that absolutely everything has to be automated. Yeah. And a personal touch is never a bad thing. And I think one other thing I love to do is I am such a big fan of like happy mail. I because yeah. we <laughs> so much boring mail all the time. And even email now is like, I mean, I'm of the age to remember when email first came out and it was really cool. Me too. (laughs) And now people are like, oh, my inbox. But (laughs) So I love when I start working with a new client, I love to use, um, a lot of times I'll use punk post. Oh, cool. Just go on and, um, you can pick a card and then they have people, they have like artists who do hand lettering on it and they're really beautiful and it sends it for you. And I just love doing that. And then when I wrap up work with somebody, I love to send them a like a personal thank you gift as mm-hmm. well. And just those little touches because I feel like we have, in a lot of ways, gotten away from that, and so when you do it, it really it stands out because it's so different from what most businesses that we interact with will do for us.
0: Yeah. And it becomes a lot more relational rather than just transactional. And especially in the service-based business, you want to create that relationship because that's when people feel like you are indispensable in their business. When they feel like they have a relationship with you, when it feels just transactional, they can do a transaction with anybody. So it's much easier to walk away from it or, you know, or to find somebody else that's cheaper or whatever the case may be than if you have actually cultivated a real relationship with that person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I can talk all day long about relational versus transactional Mm -hmm. selling, but that is a big part of it. And I think, um, even in my previous business, because a lot of my customers, we ended up becoming friends on social media and, you know, sometimes you see like somebody has you know a death in the family or has a kid that gets engaged or has a big life moment mm-hmm. and i would always keep some cards on hand and i would you know send a card or you know handwritten card or even just reach out with a very like sincere message or whatever. And it wasn't to do it in like a, haha, like I'm weaseling my, my way right. in, so like me more. Like I, I genuinely like getting to know the people who I'm working with and the people who I'm helping. And I remember like those people would be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like that was really unexpected. And I'm like, I'm happy to do it because to me, it's like, I don't know. Those things feel so good. Uh And then like that is how it's, it's doing those unexpected things for people that are genuine and make them feel good. That is how you get raving fans. And there is so much statistical data on why having raving fans and having word of mouth advertising for your business is it will repay you tenfold versus like running Facebook ads right?
0: traffic, so. Absolutely, and I know that just in the agency side of my business for the Launch Guild, like most of, I would probably say about 80%, if not more than that, of our current clients came from referrals. And those referral clients are always the ones that are ready and able to be paying, you know, more and are looking for larger packages because they don't need to test us out because Susie and Johnny and Betty, you know, have already told them that we're a great agency to work with, you know, so it's a much easier yes for them than if, you know, if I'm looking for somebody and even in a Facebook group, you know, or if I, if I've run Facebook ads to it and they're, they're just somebody who's booked a call because they saw my Facebook ad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even case in point, just yesterday, I posted in um, a Facebook group that I'm in for entrepreneurs. And I had mentioned I was looking for a new VA or like a, a VA to take on some additional stuff versus the one that I'm I'm already using, some stuff that's like out of her wheelhouse. And right away, a woman in there was like, actually, I've, I've been doing some of this and can I message you? I said, sure. And when she messaged me, it turns out that one of the people she's already working with is somebody I know and I Mm -hmm. really respect and I know she does great work. So right off the bat, like just knowing that this woman is working with somebody I know and that woman is happy with her is like an instant, like I'm halfway sold already
0: right? Right? because
1: I'm like, oh, well, if so-and-so likes her, I know how professionally she runs her business. This person must be good. So now it's not really a question of like, Am I going to keep shopping around? It's more along the lines of like, okay, what, you know, what are your rates and what are, you know, what's your time availability? And, you know, it's more like the nitty gritty that I'll be talking to her about. She doesn't really have to sell me on herself because- by that, the one degree of separation, I'm already like, well, she, she can't be that bad. like Right. You
0: know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so in wrapping up, uh, can you tell us what the one thing that our audience can do this week to just cultivate better relationships with clients, better client experiences to get those raving fans this week?
1: Yeah. So I would just say like anything that's a personal touch, even if it's as simple as just a personal reach out to say, you know, hey, I really love work. You know, I just wanted to tell you, I really love working with you. I really love supporting you. Thank you for allowing me to help you in your business. Like, I mean that completely. I just wanted to say like, I appreciate you and, and thank you. Like just something that is genuine and, and off the cuff like that, like even that can make a huge, huge difference. Or especially if like, let's say you have a VA who you love that is just rocking it for you or an OBM or something like even just, uh, you know, you could do the digital Starbucks mm-hmm. thing, you know, just text that to them and be like, you know what? You have been helping support my business so great. I just want to say thank you. Like treat yourself. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Like that's, um, I think that can be a really easy thing, even for a busy entrepreneur. Perfect.
0: Yes. And you said that there, um, that you're going to be providing an audience with a uh, download, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's at bit.ly slash no sleaze selling, but I'll make sure you you have the link and everything. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what that is, it's a free download and it is my no sleaze sales method. So sales, I've actually converted the word sales into an easy to remember acronym. And so it's all on there. So it just, it breaks down the whole process because I don't believe in sales scripts. I believe it, that, you know, all of us are unique, all of our businesses are unique, and that people don't want to be read to from a script. It's, mm-hmm. we can always tell, so it's it's not really the best thing to do, and so this way it actually walks you through the components of a good, like a really good, strong sales conversation. And it gives you a framework to go off of for discovery calls or anything like that. We're actually having a selling conversation with somebody. Awesome. And where can we find you online? My website is really easy. Just Erica My free download is right on the homepage right there as well. And then where I hang out the most is Instagram. So that's Erica Tebbins Consulting is where I am over there. And then I have a podcast called the Sell It Sister Podcast. And my free Facebook group is the Sell It Sisterhood. So hang with me there. And I always am giving out all sorts of free help about selling and marketing
0: without being sleazy. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to thelaunchguild.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You've got this.